This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, New Life. How are we doing today? Man, I am so excited about today. If we haven't met yet, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm going to guide you through the rest of our journey together. And to help us with that, you're going to want to grab a few things out of your programs. There's a card that says Start Here. It's your Connect card. Go ahead and pull that out. Fill it out at some point throughout the morning, because we're going to be using it a little bit later. And we ask you to fill that out for a few reasons. One, we assume you're here because on some level you're looking to connect. Maybe you're looking to connect with other people. Maybe you're looking to connect with a spiritual side and you don't even know what that is yet. Maybe you're looking to connect with the church. Ultimately, we hope and we trust that you will connect with God. But in order for us to help you do all those things, we have to be able to connect with you. So we ask you if you would just give us your contact information. We won't sell it. We won't bug you. We just want to help you connect. So go ahead and fill that card out. And by the way, if you're a guest with us today, I want you to make yourself at home. Please feel comfortable. Uh, There's coffee in the lobby. Kick your shoes off if that would make you feel more at home. We created this place for you, for people to come in, uh, to experience God, to check out uh, the reality of God in their lives, and to hopefully, hopefully be changed by God's power. So go ahead, make yourselves at home. Enjoy yourselves today. The other thing you're going to want are your teaching notes. So go ahead and grab those because they'll help you know where we're going this morning. I am 32 years old, and I'm pretty excited about that. So far, so good. But I'm experiencing at 32 the thing that many of you probably experienced in your 20s and 30s, which is that whenever my parents come to visit me, they come up from Pasadena area, whenever they come to visit me, they bring boxes of my stuff from childhood because <laughs> they don't want it anymore. And, uh, and so they just keep bringing up all this stuff. So I've got a garage full of my stuff and my wife's parents are shipping her stuff out from Illinois. So our, our garage is just filling up with more and more stuff. And last time my parents came up a few weeks ago, uh, they came to the office and they surprised me here. And my dad was wearing my high school letterman's jacket, which still doesn't fit me because they told me buy big, you'll grow into it. And I never did. It's tragic. So I'm looking at this letterman's jacket. And it got me thinking about my past. And and I don't know about you, but there are certain songs that define different eras of my past. Like whenever I hear a certain song on the radio, it reminds me of every single junior high dance I ever went to. I hear the song and immediately I see her across the room. There she is. I hear the song, and immediately I can almost smell the mixture of sweat and Old Spice in the gym. And I make my way over, and I I nervously ask her to dance as I wipe my palms off on my pants. And then we start the junior high sway. And I wonder, how long can I keep my hands here? How far north should I go? How far south should I go? What's the right place? Oh, man, the sweat's coming in. I start looking around. Who's watching me? Did I pick the right girl? Yeah, I think I did. This is going well. Okay, start to pull in. Someone says, no, leave room for the Holy Spirit. So we back back out. Something about this song, it takes me there. It just takes me there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where I am. I could be in the car. I could be driving to work. I pulled this up on YouTube in the office. I was singing this song in my office this week. It just took me to my junior high dances. But there are other songs. Like if we fast forward a little bit, I remember turning... Uh, turning 15, and my brother and I were saving up. We bought our first car, 1967 Volkswagen Bug. And we had this single 
We drove every week, three or four times, 45 minutes down to the beach, busting out this single. And every time I hear this song, Mo Money, Mo Problems, because I was at least 100 air at this point. I just remember the salt air. And I remember driving full speed in my bug, which was about 67 miles an hour, a mile for each year. And every time the carpooling would open up, I'd have to pull out as cars flew past me. And then I'd pull back in and keep on going. Something about music. And, and maybe it's not those songs for you, but I guarantee you have some songs. Songs that when you hear them, they take you back. Couples, that's why you have a your song. Because when you hear your song, it takes you back to that moment in life when love was new and fresh and you remember why they're the one for you. Dads, if you have little girls, I don't care how tough you are, I guarantee there's some song, especially if you're a country fan, that just breaks your heart and, and brings you to tears every time you hear it. And I was thinking about these songs and I realized it's not the songs that have the power in my life. It's that our brains, our minds are incredibly complex things. Our minds can take a few words and some musical notes and they can transport us back five, 10, 20, 30 years into our past. And we can almost experience with our five senses the very thing that was going on in that time. Our minds are so complex that we can think back on memories, both good and bad, and almost have the emotion of that time. Our minds can, can take our thoughts and our actions and our memories, and it can almost transport us. Some of the places our minds take us, we love. Your favorite vacation, your wedding day, the day your kids were born, the day you finished finals for the final time. Some of our memories, though, some of the places our minds can take us are places that we regret, places of sadness, places of pain, places that, man, if we could, we would just want to, to block them out completely. On Easter Sunday, we started a series called Free. And free is all about experiencing freedom, living free today, in this life, now. Because Jesus came to earth, he lived a perfect life, and then he died on the cross, and we're told that when he died on a cross, he took the penalty for our sin, the thing that was keeping us separate from him, the thing that was hurting us and hurting other people and wrecking our lives. He took the penalty for that on himself. And then he rose from the dead three days later, breaking the power of sin and death and destruction in our lives so that we could be with God in eternity one day and so that we could experience freedom in our lives today so that we could walk on this journey of freedom, so that we could experience freedom from what the Bible calls bondage or slavery to sin. And slavery is anything from, uh, and you don't have to be a Jesus follower to believe this, but it's anything from like those things that you know. No one has to tell you. You just know, man, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be that kind of person anymore. And, and even though I don't want to be that kind of person, I find myself doing the things I don't want to do over and over and over. And no Bible has to tell you not to do it. No law has to tell you not to do it. You just know there's something inside of you that says, I don't want to be that person anymore. And yet I'm a slave to it. I can't escape it. God wants to free us from that. God wants to free us from things that are, are, are less drastic, but things that are no less bondage. He wants to free us from things like insecurity. He doesn't want you to live your whole life insecure. Things like materialism, the accumulation of things more and more and more to try to find ourselves. He wants to, to free us from that. And so we started this journey. We said there's a path that God leads us on towards freedom. And the first one is getting to know God. That's the first step in the path. Because the more we get to know God, the more we're going to trust him. The more we trust him, the more we'll choose to follow him. And the more we follow him, the more we'll experience freedom in our lives. 
The next step was realizing that even though we can know God and trust God, that we actually have a very real enemy in our lives. The Bible calls him the devil, and he says that he's a liar, that he lies to us. He tries to lie about God. He tries to lie about you. He tries to take us away from the life we were created for. But there's good news. Ron told us last week that even though there's an enemy, that God actually is greater than the enemy, and that God actually gave us his spirit to live inside of us, and that where the spirit of the Lord is, we find freedom. That no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation is, if we can experience God living in us, with us, guiding us, we can experience freedom. That he actually leads us to places of freedom. And today I want to talk about our minds a little bit. Because our minds have an incredible capacity to either keep us trapped in regret or pain or isolation, or they have the opportunity to free us. Our minds can trap us or our minds can free us. And you know that's true because you found yourself laying in bed before at night. And you start thinking about what he said to you at work or what she said to you at work and how they mistreated you, how you got passed over for a promotion. And all of a sudden you just start seething and your spouse turns over to give you a kiss and you're like foaming at your mouth like a rabid dog because you're just so tensed up and so angry. And they say, what's wrong? Well, your mind has taken you somewhere, taken you back. It's trapped you. It's got you stuck. Our minds can trap us or our minds can free us. God talks a lot, a lot about controlling our minds. In fact, God says that our minds are one of the key things that actually bring us freedom. And if we can understand what he wants us to understand about our minds, if we can train our minds, if we can control our minds, they'll lead us towards him. In Romans chapter 12, there's a guy named Paul. And Paul uh, was, in my opinion, one of the most brilliant people who ever lived. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. He has this way about him where he takes these incredibly complex things and he breaks them down in a way that we can understand him. And in Romans chapter 12, he talks about freedom in this way. In Romans 12 too, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't do things the way the world does them. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and see and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Friends, I have good news. And I have bad news. And I want to start with the good news. The good news is the world that we live in offers freedom. The society that we live in offers freedom. The city that we live in offers us freedom. If you're sad, the world we live in says, well, buy some stuff and you'll feel better about yourself. You'll feel happy. If your marriage isn't working, the world we live in says, well, get out of that one and get into a new one and you'll be free from him. You'll be free from her. And the truth is we get out of that relationship. Ah, and it is a little bit freeing. The world we live in says, man, are your kids horrible? We'll just buy them a bunch of stuff and, and get them in a lot of sports and get them out so that they're not around as much and you'll feel better. And, and we do. The world we live in says, is there an area of sin that you just can't break? Something that is just, you do it over and over again. Well, just give in to it. You'll feel better. And the truth is, if you give in to it, you will feel better. That's the good news. The bad news is the freedom that the world offers us is temporary. It doesn't last. So your marriage is hard and horrible and you get out of it and you feel better. And then you get into another marriage and you realize five, 10, 15 years later, oh, wow, I was part of the problem. And I brought me from that marriage into this marriage. And now this marriage is hard. Why? Because, yeah, they were part of the issue, sure, but I was part of the issue. Or your kids are horrible, so we buy them a bunch of stuff, and we kind of send them on their way. 
But the truth is they get tired of the stuff and either we're going to go broke trying to get them enough stuff to keep them occupied or we're going to have to deal with them at some point. You have a sin that you just can't break. And so you say, well, I'm just going to give into it. Because if, if something feels this good, how could it be so, so bad? And it does. It feels good for a while. But then you realize, oh my gosh, God was right. That sin leads us to death. And ultimately, this thing that, that started out feeling good is now controlling me. And it's hurting me. And it's hurting those closest to me. And I can't control it anymore. The world offers us freedom. But the freedom the world offers us is temporary. So Paul says, I have a better way for you. Instead of temporary freedom, instead, be transformed. And do it by the renewing of your mind. And Paul says this isn't a one-time thing. Renewing our mind isn't something that we do when we first come into a relationship with God. That's part of it. Our minds get renewed when we enter into a relationship with God. But he says it in the present tense. He says, be transformed by continually renewing your minds by changing the way you think, because our minds can trap us in the past. So we need to renew our minds about the past. If I asked you right now, hey, think about one of the most painful moments in your life. Just dwell on that for five or ten minutes. We wouldn't be laughing anymore, because most of us would go back to that place We'd feel what we felt. We'd think what we think. We'd have the regret. We'd have the pain. And our minds would trap us there. They would stop us there. And so Paul says, be transformed by renewing the way you think about your past. And our minds have the power to influence the future for good or for bad. And here's what I mean by that. Guys, if you think about someone other than your wife all the time, how great she is, how she gets you, how she understands you. She looks really pretty today. If you think about that over and over and over again, ultimately at some point you're probably going to act on that because our mind have a way to influence our future. But on the other side of that, if we think about our wives all the time, man, my wife is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. She is such a gift to me. Oh my gosh, when she wakes up in the morning, she's just, she's the most wonderful thing that I've ever experienced. If we think about that over and over and over again, chances are we'll be more in love with our wives five years from now than we are now. Because our minds have the power to influence our future. And we have to decide which way we're going to let our minds influence us. Guys, it, how many golfers do we have? I'm saying this for our pastor, Ron, because he's a big golfer. Do you have any golfers in the room? Yeah, raise your hands. Okay, you can be proud of it. I'm not a golfer. That doesn't mean you can't be. How many sports fans do we have? All right, good. We got some sports fans. Think about your favorite sport. Think about the equipment you need for that. Maybe it's golf clubs. Maybe it's a new tennis racket. I don't know. If you think about that tennis racket or that golf club all the time for 10 months, and that's just all you think about, chances are at the end of 10 months, you're probably going to own a new golf club. Or ladies and some guys who are really into fashion, if there's a pair of shoes that you really want, you think about that pair of shoes all the time. Oh, that sh those shoes would look so good. I, I wish I had those shoes. Man, those shoes are incredible. For 10 months, at the end of 10 months, you're probably going to have those shoes, if you could even wait that long. Why? Because our minds have a way of influencing our future. The things we think about take us places. They guide us places. So the question becomes for us, if we can control our thoughts and control our minds, then we can control our joy. We can control our peace. And in a lot of Ways we can control our circumstances. 
simply by controlling our minds. So how do we do it? How do we control our minds? Because our minds have the power to either lead us towards bondage or lead us towards freedom. It really is, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that takes us there. So how do we control our minds? How do we guide our minds? Well, again, Paul, who I like this guy, he has a lot of good stuff to say. In 2 Corinthians, he says this, here's how you control your mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5, he says, we demolish arguments and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So there are two things, the knowledge of God and everything else. He says, we demolish everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then I love this part. You might want to circle or underline this. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Paul says every time, every time you think something, you should ask this question. If God was standing right here, if he was looking me in the eye, would he agree with that thing that I was thinking? Would he say that's the right thing to think? Because the Bible very clearly says that as followers of Jesus, we have God's spirit living in us. And so God is right here. God actually leads us to truth through his spirit. So every time we think something, if God were here, would he, would he say that? If God were here when my boss called me in and reprimanded me, and I started thinking, man, I'm incompetent. I can't do this job. If God were right here, would he say, yeah, you're right. You are incompetent. You can't do this job. If the answer is no, then Paul says we have to take that thought captive. We have to take it prisoner. We have to grab it by the ears and pull it away and make it obey Jesus. If you have that thought, you wake up in the morning and you go about your day and then you do that thing you told yourself you'd never do again. That thing you told your husband or your wife you'd never do again. You, you, you do that thing that is that thing for you. And then this thought creeps into your mind, man, I am a failure. I'll never overcome that area of sin. I'll never be able to beat it. I'll never be able to move past it. I'm always going to be stuck here. You have to ask the question, God, if you were here right now, would you say that's true? And if the answer is no, then we grab that thought and we make it obey. If you were in battle and you found uh, an enemy and you captured them, would you let them just run around your camp and do whatever they wanted to do? No, that'd be crazy. You'd take your enemy, you'd take him captive, and you would make him obey. And Paul says that's what we have to do with our brains because our brains are incredibly intricate. They, they can take us to places that we can't even imagine. And it's not just self-help and it's not just positive thinking. What Paul says is when you have a thought, you say, God, is this your thought? Is this your plan? Is this what you would say about me? And if the answer is no, he says, then take it captive, take it prisoner, and make it obey you. That's what I do when I want to make someone obey me. I kick them like that. I just, I'm gonna make, I don't, no, I don't really do that. Don't call CPS. I don't, I don't kick anybody. You gotta make them obey. Have you ever woken up in the morning and said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have a bad day today. I just know it. Didn't get a good night's sleep. The kids were up all night. My spouse was snoring kept elbowing me. I've been asking for a king-size bed for years and we have to sleep in a full. I'm gonna have a bad day. Have you ever noticed how many times at the end of that day you had a bad day? It's incredible. I woke up telling myself I was gonna have a bad day and sure enough, everything that happened led me to have a bad day. Why? Because our thoughts have the power to influence our future. That's why our thoughts can lead us towards freedom 
only when we know what God says. That's why we've been reading through this 21-day journey with God, because it helps us know what God says. And by the way, if you don't have one of these, I've got like 50 more out in the lobby. So grab one. Grab one. Know what God says. Our thoughts lead us towards freedom when we know what God says in the Bible and we run every thought, every thought through the filter of God's reality. And then we take captive the thoughts that don't line up. Last week, Ron talked about the Holy Spirit. One of the great gifts of God's Spirit is that His Spirit leads us to truth. It leads us to truth. It takes our faulty thinking, our bad thinking, and it says, no, I want to guide you towards what's true and what's real. And one of the ways God does that is when we get into the Bible and we get to know what God says, then His Spirit leads us to truth. So the first thing we do is that. The second thing we need to do if we want to guide our thoughts towards freedom is we need to do this. We need to begin to speak the truth of God's Word instead of the lies that we believe. And I mean that. I mean speak it, like say it out loud. There are over 50 commands in the Bible that say, sing to God. Which if you're a musician, you love those commands in the Bible. If you're the other 80% of us, that just seems weird. We're commanded to sing to God. Not only are there 50 commands, there are over 400 mentions of singing to God with gladness and joy. Why? Why does God tell us we have to sing to him? Because God knows something about us. He knows that the things that we say will influence the things that we think. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, man, I just look ugly today? Have you ever actually had those words kind of pour out of your mouth? You didn't even mean to. Like, I just look bad. Have you ever gotten into a dress and thought, I look fat in this dress? So I look fat in this dress. Then you go to your husband and you ask the question that no husband ever wants to hear. <laughs> Honey, do I look fat in this dress? Guys, if you're smart, here's what you do. You don't even hesitate. You say, no, no. Make sure you look first or else you get in trouble. Do I look fat in this dress? No, no. But now tell me, tell me something, ladies. Even though he told you you don't look fat in that dress, You've already said, I do look fat in this dress. Who do you believe? You believe you. So you take a picture on your phone, you send it to your friend, and you say, do I look fat in this dress? She says, well, and then your husband gets in trouble. That's how that works. Here's the problem. We believe what we say about ourselves more than we believe what others say about us. That's why the Bible commands us to sing praise, to speak the truth about God, to say it out loud, because the more we say it, the more we'll begin to believe it, the more it will begin to internalize us. So just like our thoughts lead to our actions, our words can transform our thoughts. So we need to know what God says, and if our thoughts don't line up with God's thoughts, we need to take them captive, and we need to make them obey Jesus. Then we need to speak out truth. Truth about who God is. Truth about who you are. Truth about who your spouse is and who your kids are in light of who God is. And then the last thing we need to do is we need to make up our minds to renew our minds. Or you could say it this way. We need to make up our mind to make up our mind. If I really want to change the way I think, it's going to start up here. I need to make up my mind today to make up my mind today. Some of us have tapes playing in our heads, tapes from childhood, tapes from something a teacher said to you. I, I watched the um, 2012—I'm uh, oh, drawing a blank on it now— 
the thing where they roast the president and all the media. What's that? You know what I'm talking about? Thank you, the Correspondence Dinner. I watched the 2012 version on YouTube because I don't have cable and I couldn't watch 2013, but I wanted to watch it last night. And at the very end of it, the comedian who was just roasting the president, and I can't, man, that would just terrify me, okay? I get scared to say anything funny about, like, Ron, okay, our senior pastor. The president, I'd be terrified. But at the end of it, he looks right in the camera and he says, before I leave, I want to say something to my fifth grade teacher. Mr. So-and-so, you told me that if I kept cracking jokes, I'd never amount to anything. Well, I'm about to high-five the President of the United States, and he gave Obama a high-five. He said, take it, and he walked off the stage, and that was it. (laughs) It's like, what? And that was fantastic, but the truth is a lot of us have things that our parents said to us. You're never going to amount to anything. If you keep fighting with your brother and sister, you're never going to have any friends. If you keep acting up, you're never going to be able to this or that or the other. We have these tapes that have been playing in our head for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Tapes from a failed relationship that play in our heads. It's your fault. It's your fault. You should have done this. You should have been there. And we need to make up our mind today that even though we've got tapes that may have been playing for 20 years, we're not going to believe those tapes anymore. We're going to start to reprogram our minds today. You may have situations that have told you that you should be pessimistic in life. You should be negative in life. The world is out to get you. And you might have a lot of experience that leads you in that direction, but imagine what would happen today if you said, you know what, I'm not going to believe that anymore. I'm going to decide today, I'm not going to be pessimistic anymore. Yeah, things haven't gone great for me. Yeah, life hasn't been perfect, but you know what? I've got God, and when I've got God, I've got hope. And when I've got God, I've got joy, so I'm not going to be pessimistic anymore. It would change your life. Think about what would happen, guys, if you said, you know what, for the last... 10 years, 20 years, since puberty. I've always viewed women as objects. But I'm going to decide today not to view women as objects anymore. I'm going to start viewing them as people. And I'm going to make up my mind to make up my mind that I'm not going to think about women that way anymore. And it would change the way you viewed your spouse. It would change the way you viewed your friends. It would change the way you viewed women. It would change the way you viewed yourself. What if we made up our minds to make up our minds today to say, you know what? I am not defined by my worst attribute. I am not defined by the sin that I'm allowing to define me today. I might mess up again tomorrow. I might commit that same sin 20 more times, but I am not defined by that sin. I'm defined by my relationship to God, and God promises me freedom if I keep on walking with him. It would change the way we viewed our our struggle, our temptation, our sin. And we begin to walk out in freedom. But it starts in our minds, because our minds have the power to take us places. Imagine what would happen if you decided today, today, I'm going to serve my husband. I'm going to serve my husband. Not because I have to. Not because uh, society tells me I should. I'm going to do it because I want to. And even if he doesn't notice, I'm still going to serve him. Or husbands, I'm going to serve my wife. Even if she doesn't say thank you, I'm still going to serve her. I'm going to make up my mind to make up my mind. With that simple thing, we begin to walk towards freedom. Because our minds, if we can do it, will begin to guide us. When we begin to ask God, God, what do you say about that thing that I'm thinking about myself? When we begin to take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus when we begin to speak out truth in our lives. 
And then when we make up our mind to make up our mind, our minds will begin to do what our minds are designed to do. God created your mind to lead you to freedom. He created our minds to guide us towards him. But if we're not careful, our minds guide us in the opposite direction. So we need to take control of our minds today and walk towards Jesus. So here's what I want to challenge us to do just for a week. Just for a week. I want to challenge you to do this. Take every single thought that you have and run it through the filter. What would God say if he were here right now? Every single thought. And it's going to be weird. So you might want to grab a piece of paper or a journal or write it down because some of us have some really bad thoughts in our lives, some, some thinking that's just totally absent of God. And we need to start saying just for a week, God, what would you say if you were here? And if you don't know what God would say, pick up your Bible and see what he says or call a friend. Call a friend and say, hey, what do you think God says about this situation? And allow him to speak into your life. Would you commit to doing that for one week? To taking every single thought captive. Because Paul says that we should take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus. But I'm not asking you to do it forever. I'm asking you to do it for one week just to see what happens. If we take every single thought captive and make it obey Jesus. If you're willing to do that, I want you to pull out those connect cards. Because there's something powerful about marking something down, about making a commitment. On the back of it, it says, I want to apply today's teaching. I want to put it into practice. I want to do something with what I'm learning. If you're willing to try that just for a week, would you mark that on your card so I can be praying for you this week? Because I believe that if you do that, God's going to start to correct some things inside of you. God's going to begin to reprogram your brain to start walking towards him, to start walking towards freedom. And if you're here today, and you're just checking out this whole Christianity thing. Uh, you, you wouldn't say that you are uh, even someone who believes in God, let alone someone who's following God. But you know what? You're here and you're checking it out. I want to ask you a question. Would you be willing to open your mind up to the possibility that there could be a God? A God who loves you. A God who cares about you. A God who knows the internal workings of your mind and your body and your thoughts even better than you do. And a God who's calling you to himself. Because that's what the Bible says about God. It says that there was nothing and then God created the world. And the world that he created was good. And then uh, a thing called sin entered in. A wrong way of viewing God, a wrong way of viewing you wrong way of viewing other people, and sin separated us from God, but that God through Jesus Christ actually made a way for you to come back to him. Because Jesus came and he lived a perfect life and he, he gave his life on a cross as a sacrifice to take the penalty for our sins onto himself so that we could be forgiven, so that we could experience freedom, so that we could experience a relationship with God, so that we could have his spirit living in us, guiding us to truth. That's what the Bible says about God. And I want to ask you, does that resonate with you? If you're here today and you've kind of been around the church thing for a while, does that resonate with you? If it does, we're going to pray in just a second, and I'm going to give you a chance to respond to God, to take a step of faith. And I'll warn you, it's a big step. It's a life-changing step, but it's the best step you could ever make. And here it is. It's the step to say, you know what, God? I believe in you. I believe in you. I don't fully know everything that it means to follow you. I'm still exploring all of what it means even to believe in you, but I believe. I believe that you are who you said you are, that you did what you said 
you did, that you came and lived a perfect life and that you took the penalty for my sin and to bring me back to you. If you're here today and that resonates with you and you're ready to make a step of faith, when I pray, I'm going to ask you to actually whisper a prayer with me to speak some words out, some words that are true and real, some words of commitment to Christ. And you can make that decision today to say, yes, God, yes, I believe. So would you join me as we pray? And then I'll, I'll guide you when to be praying that out. Holy Spirit, we believe that you are very real and that you're in this place. We believe that it's you that guides us to truth, that it guides us to freedom. Ultimately, God, we believe it's your spirit that guides us to you. And so for all of my friends here today, especially those of us who are taking the challenge to run every thought through the filter, what would God say if he were standing right here? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill us in a very real way, that you would give us the wisdom to know the truth, that as we know the truth, as we believe the truth, that we would experience freedom in you, freedom with you, freedom from our thinking that has taken us away from you. Lord, would you open up our minds to walk in freedom, to walk with you. And if you're here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, but you sense that that something that you're hearing is true and real, that God is calling you back, that God's calling you to himself, and you're ready to take a step of faith and commit yourself to him, you can whisper the simple prayer. Just whisper it out where you are. No one's going to think you're crazy. You can just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you came to this earth that you lived a perfect life and that you died on a cross. And when you did that, you took the penalty for my sin on yourself. And I believe that you made a way for me to come back to God the Father. And today I say, yes, Lord. Yes, I want this relationship that you're offering. Yes, I want to follow you. So would you come? Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you fill me with your spirit? And would you lead me to truth? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.